Well, I'd like to welcome you all today to a very special Sunday. We're doing baptisms today. We've got the tank open. We have the water warm because it's cold outside today. And uh, hey, for those of you who are part of our online campus, like we know that there are people throughout Alberta and other places in Canada in Australia, Northern Europe, and the United States who join us online as part of our online campus, listen, you can do baptisms at home as well. So you listen to the message today. If there is somebody in your watch party or in your group that are watching the service and joining us either live just now or watching the replay later on and you're spoken to and you feel the need to get baptized yourself, go and run a bathtub right now. Get the hot tub on, whatever you need to do. And at the end of the service, when we're doing baptisms, you can join in the prayer and you can do it uh, there as well. And so we're going to be doing baptisms today. And as you heard earlier on, if you have come here today unprepared to be baptized, but something in the service has or will speak to you, and you will be sitting here thinking, I need to get baptized. I wish I had prepared. Remember, we have prepared for you. We have these t-shirts saying that you have decided to follow Jesus. We've got shorts. We've got little ones, we've got ginormous ones, and we've got everything in between, okay? There will be one that fits you. We've got towels, and we can help you if you make a decision today to be baptized. So, at the beginning of this year, um, we started a new message series called Blessed, because we decided that we, we didn't like 2020 too much, and we wanted 2021 to be different. We made a decision at the beginning of this year that this was a year that we were going to be blessed. We were determined that every blessing God has got for us, we're going to enjoy it. And so, at the very first Sunday of this year, we put up a they put up a passage of Scripture. I want, you to I want to show you. It's in Deuteronomy. And God says, today I have given you the choice. We're going to look at three choices today. Today I have given you the choice, God says, between life and death, between blessings and curses. So it's not like God is sitting up in heaven with his arms folded and thinking, you think you're getting blessed? You ain't getting blessed. I like that person over there. They'll get blessed, but there's nothing for you. It's not him making the decision. God already has made the decision that he loves us and wants to bless us. The Bible says there are many promises that he has for us, but we have to make a decision to walk the path of blessing. Now look, now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. We are going to look at three choices today, and you are going to have the opportunity to make 
a choice. Nobody else might know on the outside what choice you're making in your mind and in your heart, but heaven knows, God knows, and he says, I call heaven and earth to witness the choice you make, oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. So, I want to share three choices, three decisions that all of us are faced with, all of us will have to make a decision about. It's possible that many of the people here in the building today are joining us online. It's, it's quite likely that many of you have already made all three of these choices. Or maybe you've made one or two of them, but there's still one or two that you haven't been confronted with and haven't actually made a decision about. It's also possible that you need to make a decision on all three. It's possible you're going to hear about these choices for the very first time today and are going to have to sit and think them through and ponder them. And so I want us to look at these three choices that we need to make, these three decisions. I want to challenge you and encourage you to get decided today to get decided about what path you are going to be walking down. And as we look at these three decisions, we're going to be looking at one passage out of the Bible, one long passage, and it covers all three of these decisions. But I also want you to see that these decisions are not just something that people in ancient history made back in Bible days. But I want to share with you a little bit of how I made these three decisions and how making those decisions changed the course of my life. So the first one is this. I've called the first one this, get saved. Get saved. Everybody shout that out, will you? Get saved. Or in other words, decide to give your whole life to Christ. Maybe that's something you've never done before. Maybe you're here for the first time or you logged online for the very first time today. Maybe you have been watching the words of the songs that we've been singing and watching people worship God and you're suddenly realizing, oh my goodness, these people, this is real to them. They seem to have an experience that I've not had yet. The experience is that they decided to give their whole life to Christ. And when you give your whole life to Christ, He changes your life. He transforms your life. The Bible calls it salvation or being saved. It means to be forgiven for all of your sins. It means to have peace with God. It means to receive the gift of everlasting life. It means to know that God is with you as your guide through this life, and He will welcome you in the life to come. And so, the first decision is a decision to get saved. The decision to give your whole life to Christ. Now, 
after Jesus died on the cross, rose again from the dead, appeared for over 40 days to lots and lots of eyewitnesses, especially to his disciples, he then returned to heaven. And after he returned to heaven, the very, the very first church service in history, the very first Christian sermon that was ever preached in history was preached by Peter, one of Jesus' 12 disciples, and we're going to have a look at what he said. Let's have a look at it. This is what he said, people of Israel, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus of Nazareth by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen. Now look at this. And his, that is God's pre-arranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to the cross. Look at that word. You nailed him to the cross. Peter is preaching to a crowd of thousands of people here, most of whom had actually just turned up in the city that day. I mean, they could have objected and said, oh, I never, I never nailed him to the cross. That was the Roman soldiers that did that. But he's not talking about the physical act. He's saying, people, you you sitting today in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, you joining us on, from Vancouver Island, Canada, you people in Finland that are watching us right now in the 21st century, you nailed Jesus to the cross. I nailed Jesus to the cross. Well, I wasn't around. How could I do that? Because it was part of God's pre-arranged plan. Jesus came with a plan. He came knowing he would be rejected, knowing he would be betrayed, knowing he would be put to death, and knowing he would rise again from the dead. And he did it knowingly because it was my sin and your sin that nailed Jesus to the cross. When he died on the cross, he didn't die as a martyr for a cause. He didn't die as a criminal for his own crimes. He died as a savior, and he took my sin, and he took your sin upon himself on the cross. And when we died, our sin died with him so that we can be forgiven. You nailed him to the cross and killed him. Let's read on. But God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he has promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, as you see in here today. He's saying, because we put our faith in Jesus, believing he died on the cross for our sins, and he rose again from the dead, we have been given a gift from God, the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, God's presence is now with us. Let's read on. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts. I'll come back to that later. 
And they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. In other words, he's saying, get saved. Decide to give your whole life to Christ. I remember when that happened to me. I remember I was a young man. My life was totally out of control. Um, if I had continued down the path I was going, I was headed towards an early grave. That was for sure. My parents were pulling their hair out, didn't know what to do to help me, were worried sick about me. Um, I remember my mother took me to the family doctor. Maybe the family doctor could help me out. She didn't know what to do. And the doctor's advice was, if you want drugs, don't go and buy that stuff off the street. Come to me and I'll prescribe you something. So my mother was mad at the doctor because that didn't help. So uh, she said, well, maybe a pastor would help. And so she arranged for me to go and speak to this pastor, which I did incredibly reluctantly. And he invited me to go to church. And so for a, for a number of weeks, for a few months actually, I went to church on a Sunday with this pastor in a church building and had a service like we're having today. And on a Friday night, he would take me to this house church, to this home meeting, to a smaller group of about 20 to 30 people. And, I, and, and they had a, a little gathering in there, a community that met there. And so I would go and I would see people worshiping. I would listen to their prayers. I would listen to the Bible study they did. It was kind of interesting. It was beginning to make sense. But then one day, one day this pastor said to me, I've been invited to go to another church as a guest speaker. It's quite a far drive away. Would you like to come with me? And I said, yeah, sure. So I went in the car with him, and I had a long list of questions. Oh, do you, do you have to stop doing this if you're a Christian? And do you have to believe this? And all of these questions that I had, because I was thinking about it intellectually. And we arrived at this, this town, and we arrived outside the church, and he said to me, I have to go in early and meet with the people backstage and pray with them. And I said to him, I'll just hang about outside the church and smoke cigarettes until the service starts. So he said, okay. So that was what I did, and he went and did what he was doing, praying. And I was kind of pacing about. And then once the service, I saw people going in, and once the service was about to start, I sneaked in the back and sat in the back pew. Sat there on my own. And the service went on as normal. And then the pastor got up, and he began to preach about the crucifixion of Jesus and how Jesus had died on the cross, bearing our sins. And he began to read the passages out of the Bible. And Although I was sitting up at the back row, I had that experience. I felt like I was pierced to the very heart. I felt like I was the only person in the room and that this voice was the voice of God speaking to me and saying, get saved. Put your whole life in the hands of Jesus Christ. Turn to God and your life will be changed. And I sat pierced to the heart, pinned to the seat, couldn't move, scared to make any kind of decision. A few days later, I, I couldn't get that out of my mind. He invited me to this 
house group, house church meeting. And that night, at the end of that night, the man said, would anyone like to put their faith in Christ? And I put my hand up. And they prayed a prayer with me, the same prayer we are going to pray at the end of this service in just a few short minutes before we do the baptisms. They prayed a prayer with me. And as I said that prayer and asked God to forgive me and Christ to be my Savior, my life went in a totally different direction from a path that was leading to destruction to a brand new path of life. I want to tell you something. If you put your faith in Christ, if you make a decision today to give your whole life to Christ, your life will be changed forever. The peace of God and the presence of God will now be with you. And so that's the first decision. The first decision, get saved. Decide to give your whole life to Christ. Now, if you've done that before, great. If you haven't, you can do it today. We will pray that prayer that you can dedicate your life to Christ with in just a few moments. But there's another decision. Once you've done that, whether you did that five years ago or whether you did it five minutes ago, once you've done that, there's a next decision. And the next decision is get baptized. Decide to become a disciple of Jesus. When you put your faith in Christ, you become a child of God. And it's like you're a new baby that's been born. But what do they do when that, what do they do with that new baby that's born? You know when the new baby's born, it's all slimy and yucky, isn't it? So what do they do with that slimy, yucky baby? They wash it. And you know, even though our hearts have been made pure, when we put our faith in Christ and we're born again, we're still, we're still carrying our old yucky thoughts and our old beliefs and our old attitudes and all of that with us. And when we make a decision to get baptized, we are saying, I have decided to become a true disciple of Jesus. Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, and if he did it, and he called us to do it, I will do it. And when you step down into the water and are baptized, when you go under the water, it's symbolic that everything of my old life is being washed away and is buried under the water. And as you come back out of the water, it's like I am clean, I am new, and I am going to follow Jesus. As the old hymn says, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. That's what baptism's about. That passage, that sermon that Peter preached, the very first church sermon, and when he said, put your faith in Christ, here's what he said next. Let's read on. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God, get saved, decide to put your whole life in the hands of Christ, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
when we, cut, when we do the baptisms in a few minutes, as people step down into the water, what's going to happen is they're going to come here and they're going to stand at this microphone and say, my name is Martin and I have decided to follow Jesus. Then they're going to step down in there where I'll be waiting for them. I will say, because you have put your faith in Christ, I now baptize you into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Splash, splash, and then I will lay hands on your head and pray for you to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, that God's presence, that God's blessing will fill you and will change your mind. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so, the next, then it says this. Let's read on. It says, this promise is to you and to your children. Sometimes people say, do you baptize children or adults? Neither. We baptize believers. If you believe in Jesus, I don't care how young you are or how old you are, if you are a true believer in Jesus, you can get baptized. If you don't believe in Jesus, I don't care what age you are, you can't get baptized. This is for believe, believe and be baptized and you shall receive the gift. And so he says here, it's for your children to those who are far away in the cold northern climes of Alberta, to all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time. You see, this isn't a new thing that preachers preach for a long time. They always have done. And then it says, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Can we all agree that the world has gone totally crazy? And it's time for us to save ourselves from this absolute crazy world and come into the world that God wants for us, the kingdom of God. Those who believed, all you have to do is believe what Peter said were baptized. About 3,000 of them. Can you imagine how long that service took? That was a long service. I remember when I got baptized. I remember when I made that decision. I remember I was going to be baptized, and my parents said to me, we were, we were inviting my family, we're going to come to the church to see me getting baptized. And at the baptism service, the church had asked if I would share a little bit of my story, how I became a Christian at the church. So my parents said to me, I think you better tell your grandmother the story first, because when she hears it at church, you were dealing drugs and also, like, she's going to be shocked. So tell her it first so that she's not shocked on Sunday. So I said, okay. So my grandmother came round, and I began to tell her my story, how I became a Christian, how I'd given my life to Jesus, and her eyes all filled up with tears. And then she said this. She used language I didn't expect her to use. She said, are you saying you got saved, she said. And I said, yes. And she, she said, I'm a backslider. I've been backslidden for over 30 years, she said. <laughs> and her eyes all filled up with tears, and she told me 
that when she was younger, she had given her life to Christ, and she had become part of a church, and her sister had as well, and they were part of a church. And then they got offended by something in the church. Actually, it wasn't even her offense. It was to do with her sister. Her sister got her feelings hurt by somebody that was, it was to do with a leader in the church, and her sister's feelings got hurt. And so, to stand in solidarity with her sister, they both left the church. Because that's what you do when you fall out with your siblings or your husband or wife. You pack your bags and leave the next day, don't you? No, you don't. You pull on your big boy pants and you grow up and you deal with it. I remember when my brother was a little kid, he was unhappy about something. I can't remember what it was, but he was mad at me and he was mad at our parents. And next thing we saw him going out the door with a little suitcase, he had packed up his suitcase and he left home. I'm going to find another family. Ten minutes later, he was back. He walked around the block and came back again and came back into the house because that's what immature people do. And my gran, in her immaturity at the time, had allowed the fact that her sister was offended with the leader of the church to cause her to leave the church, determined to find a new one, which she never did, and decades later still knew Jesus is my Savior, but I have not been walking with Him all these years. I've been walking in the wrong direction. And that day at the church, as I shared my story, and as I was baptized, in the church, my grand's backslidden faith came alive again. And after that, she would sit in the living room with me and watch tele-evangelists. So, a change took place in her life, and late in life, she began to grow in her faith. Maybe that's your issue. Maybe you're saying, I am saved, but I'm backslidden. I went down the wrong path. I fell away from God for whatever reason or other. Today is the day to return to the Lord. Get saved if you need to get saved. Get baptized and become a true disciple of Jesus. And thirdly, my third one is this. Get churched. Can you shout that out? Or in other words, decide to be part of God's community. Peter preached to the crowd the very first sermon, and he said, put your faith in Jesus. And once you've done that, get baptized in water. And then look at the third thing he said. Let's read it. He said this, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all, all the believers devoted themselves. You have to make a decision. I am going to follow Jesus. I am going to become part of His church. I am devoting myself. Don't expect somebody else to be devoting you for you, you know. It's like, well, nobody phoned me up this week and asked me to come to church on Sunday, so I won't come. Make your own decision to come. That would be like sitting here saying, I am starving of malnutrition, but no one will put food in my mouth. Put your own food in your mouth. Make a decision to look 
after your own well-being. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Let's read on. Uh, all the believers met together in one place. They shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple and also met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Do not put your faith in Christ and then try to be the Lone Ranger. You know, it's just me and Jesus. You need a family around you. You need a community around you. The Bible says that when, you're, when you put your faith in Christ, you were an orphan who are now brought into the family of God. You now have brothers and sisters. You won't always go on with them. Some of them might irritate you and all of that kind of stuff, but you're going to spend eternity with them in heaven. So you may as well start getting to know them now. Become part of a community. Remember I said at the very beginning that that pastor took me to church on a Sunday, but in a Friday night to a smaller group of about 20 to 30 people that met in a home. And when we met in that home, we got to know one another. Sometimes you would say, oh, I'm struggling with this issue. Oh, we'll, let's pray about it. We'll pray for you right now. Sometimes there was someone who was out of work and were having car trouble, and we would say, we'll help you out. We'll pay to get it fixed. We, we were a family. We were together walking with God. And I want to encourage you today, at the end of the service, as you go through the exit doors there, or if you're joining us online, you can do this online as well. Go and look at the area outside at the orange wall where we have all of our groups we have lots of small groups that are launching this week. So go and find out. There might be one that's just for women. There might be one that's for younger people. There might be one that's studying the Bible or one that's involved in just some activity to build, to socialize and build friendships. Go and find out, but surround yourself. Make a decision to get right. You know, see if you sleep on the edge of the bed and you roll out and fall off the bed every night. You can't go to the mattress shop and say to the mattress man, there's something wrong with your mattress. Well, how, what are you doing? I'm sleeping right on the edge. Well, get in the middle of the bed. You won't roll off in the middle of the bed. Listen, get right in the middle of the church. Don't be right on the edge where you could roll off and nobody would even know whether you were here or not. Get in community. And so, I've got some questions to ask you, and here they are. What decision do you need to make today? What decision do you need to make today? Do you need to make the decision to get saved? Do, to give your whole life to Christ? Or maybe you're 
you've wandered down the wrong path and you need to rededicate your life to Christ. We're about to pray in just a moment. And all of us can pray. If you're a Christian, you can reaffirm your faith with this prayer. If you are putting your faith in Christ for the first time, you can do it during this prayer. So we're going to pray in a moment. Then, after we pray, I'm going to invite everyone who wants to be baptized, who is making that decision to come down the front. And if you're out there in the overflow room and you want to be baptized, you'll be able to just come in and come down the front and join us here. We will say a prayer for you. Then you'll go through those doors and round the back and ready to be baptized. And then at the end of the service, once the baptisms and the worship is over, as you go out the doors, make the decision to get churched, to join a group, and you will see them all out there. So can I encourage you to stand? Let's stand together. We're going to put a prayer up in the screen. And if you are praying this prayer for the very first time, you're thinking about the meaning of the words and you're believing them with all your heart, this is the moment that Christ will come into your life. You will be reborn and become a new person. Or maybe this is a moment that you can get back on track with God again. And so let's say this prayer together, church. Can I, can I encourage you to do whatever is comfortable? Put your hands out here or up there or whatever you want to do. But get into an attitude of prayer. We're going to say this together. Are you ready? Let's pray. One, two, three. Father God, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead. I receive forgiveness and eternal life through Jesus Christ. Help me to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. Transform me into the kind of person you want me to be. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone shouted, Amen, Amen. Decision number two. If you want to get baptized today and become a true disciple of Jesus can I invite you to come down the front right now come right here just make your way down if you're out there in the overflow room make your way down come on down if you're at home if you're joining us online Go and run that bathtub if somebody needs baptized. Anyone else joining us here? Can you reach your hands out to these people? Father God, we pray for the people getting baptized today. 
May this be a life-transforming experience. May the blessing of the Lord be upon them. May your hand be upon them. And may their lives be transformed. In Jesus' name, amen. You can make your way out that door. If you, if you want to join in, just go around the back or wherever and go and join these people. We'll meet you in a moment. Let's the rest of us worship God.